0: Crowd's about six blocks away.
1: You still have wolf hearing?
0: It's not all it's cracked up to be, especially if you run a hotel.
1: Welcome to Story Broke.
0: Miserably Ever After.
1: I'm the ghost of Valentine's Past, Mads. And I'm your human
0: mattress, Elaine. <laughs> not yours. Uh, you can't sleep on me. You're not allowed.
1: Oh, okay. Mads can, no,
0: Mads can. Mads is allowed to fall asleep on my shoulder or lap.
1: I was about to say, I definitely have done that on more than one occasion.
0: Like, basically, everyone in your house and everyone in my house is allowed to use me as a human mattress.
1: Yeah, that's just like your your lot in life.
0: Yeah, it's, I'm it's just not cozy, a lot, but
1: it's your life. I'm cozy. <laughs> yes, big cozy vibes.
0: Yeah. So, uh. Happy New Year.
1: Hey, we're recording this on time. I, I like at the top, I just want to apologize for how the, the release of last episode went and everything. I, I've talked to Elaine a little bit about it off camera and stuff, but uh, off mic, I mean, but it, it's, I had some serious, that's some personal stuff going on.
0: That's you're doing that thing again that you don't have to do
1: apologizing
0: you're apologizing for being a human and you do not have to do that you're a human with real life things that come before our fun podcast that we do not get paid to do
1: but what if i want to get paid to do it
0: i would love to get paid to do it but until that time
1: what if i want us to get on that level get that consistent
0: well then i'm gonna be more of a hard ass
1: oh damn
0: producer modi lane
1: I don't know about y'all, but, like, my, my nipples got completely <laughs> hard just there. <laughs> it's a little weird.
0: I have a degree um, in broadcasting. Do you need me to be a producer? Because I've been a nice producer lately, which is just like, <laughs> hey, I didn't do my notes either. But, hey. I mean, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this.
1: Let's get it done. Let's, okay. do, let's do this. So, um... So this week we're talking about, oh, God, what's the actual episode? Child of the Child Moon, Child of right? the
0: Moon, I think. <sighs> yes. Yeah.
1: It, it's kind of a generic werewolfy name for an episode. But yeah.
0: And they've got a... Yeah. It's... It's... It's Ruby. I have...
1: I have thoughts.
0: (laughs) What we're going to do this week, we're going to try something out. New year, new format, right? Uh, We're going to see if it works. And if we hate it, we won't do it again. Uh, (laughs) Instead of going scene by scene and talking each scene to death, like we occasionally do. And then we get off on tangents because we aren't actually interested in the scene. We're going to talk about just the general overarching themes and the plot and the story itself, which is how I intended it to go since episode one. Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) yeah we've made the effort but it's it's um we do the big synopsis so like why the whole reason
0: i started writing the basic plot was so we didn't have to go scene by scene uh but this one has enough general theme things in it uh because it's such it's like it's like your usual oh someone's a werewolf i bet they're the one killing oops they're not Uh, spoiler (sighs) alert that's the whole plot (laughs)
1: speaking of plot once I put my
0: glasses back on should we get into it
1: yeah let's get into it let's let's get into this
0: let's just do it here's the basic plot once upon a time as red and snow ran from the queen's men red tore her cloak Worried that the magic might not work if it was damaged, she told Snow to continue on without her so she could go find a secluded spot to ride out wolf's time. They planned to meet back up in the morning. But Red was soon found by another werewolf who stole her cloak and took her to his den to meet his pack. There, leading the pack was her mother. Her mother explained that Granny didn't accept her wolfiness and stole Red from her. But she had chosen the wolf life and offered to show Red how to control the animal inside of her by accepting and giving into it. And it worked. Red ran with the rest of the pack and no longer feared the other side of herself, which helped her control and remember how she behaved in wild form. But then Snow tracked her down, fearing the soldiers had found her first, and the pack didn't trust her. They trusted her even less when the Queen's men followed her to the den and attacked, killing one of the packmates. After handling the invaders, Red's mother told her that, since she was a wolf now, Red needed to kill Snow to pay for the loss they'd suffered. When Red refused, she moved to do it herself and changed into a wolf at will and lunged at Snow. Red transformed into a wolf and knocked her mother off her path, pushing her onto a very pointy object and fatally wounding her. Red apologized, her dying mother accused her of choosing her human side over the wolf side. Red, through tears, explained that no, she'd chosen herself. She buried her mother and apologized to Snow, but Snow understood wanting to be with her mother. Red thanked her for accepting her for who she is, both wolf and human, and not forcing her to pick a side. They continued on to find a nice cabin to hide out in.
1: Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, The dwarves have found diamonds! Their fairy dust supply is about to be replenished. David must keep the tattered portal hat safe until they can grind enough dust to make it work. Ruby's worried that between her missing magic cloak and her lack of practice over the past 28 years, she won't be able to control herself at wolf's time. She and Granny decide to play it safe and barricade her in the walk-in freezer. Although David trusts that the good in Ruby will overpower the bloodthirsty urges. District Attorney Spencer, aka King Fake Dad, tells David to watch his back because he doesn't think he's leading the town well and will happily take him down. David brushes his threats off. The next morning, they find the freezer ripped open and follow the tracks to find Ruby asleep in the woods. Upon waking her, she panics because she can't remember getting out and is worried she may have hurt someone. On cue, David gets a call about an illegally parked car at the cannery. When they arrive it's the tow truck belonging to billy the sweet mechanic who flirted with ruby back in season one who was once a mouse named gus back in the enchanted forest under the truck they find billy's mangled torso and his lower body in a dumpster several yards away ruby is convinced she murdered this poor sweet man and asks david to arrest her hoping she'll be more contained in a jail cell Spencer riles up the townsfolk into a murderous frenzy, convincing them that David is endangering the town by not letting them kill Ruby. David, Granny, and Belle try to hide Ruby in the library, while David and Granny go in search of the real murderer. Ruby tricks Belle, locks her in the library, and runs off into the night. Granny uses her wolf-sniffing powers to track Billy's scent to Spencer's car, in which they find rope a blanket, a bloody axe, and Ruby's magic cloak. They arrive just in time to find an angry mob circling around a scared wolf, Ruby. David tells the townsfolk that Spencer is the murderer and convinces them to let him talk the wolf down. After a few tense moments, he's able to talk Ruby into trusting him and herself, and she calms down enough for him to get the cloak onto her. Of course, Spencer fled during the encounter, but he didn't hide. They easily find him on the beach, with a little fire going. He says that all he wants is for David to lose his whole family the way he lost his. Then he surprises them by revealing he had the portal hat, just as he threw it into the fire. David almost murdered him, but Ruby talked him down. And we think they arrested him? Ruby reassures David that they will find another way to get Snow and Emma home. He's not alone in this quest.
0: Meanwhile, meanwhile... Henry uses a magical amulet gifted to him by Mr. Gold to take control of his sphere in his fiery dreamland. Once asleep, he's able to calm the flames and he makes contact with Aurora, who then wakes up and reports her encounter back to Emma and Snow White. Wow. Yeah, that was a...
1: there's a lot in this episode.
0: That was a wolfy episode. And, you know, there's there's murder. There's wolves. There's more mm-hmm. murder. There's another framing. But thankfully, it only lasts one episode.
1: There's a lot happening in this episode. And at the same time, not a lot.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I am completely... I'm just going to start with the murder first. I'm completely just floored by how completely deranged uh, King George is.
1: Yeah. He's
0: like he he axe murdered a guy
1: he and axe cut him in a half.
0: Yeah. To stage it as a wolf attack.
1: And uh, I just I gotta say that the that this town desperately needs some kind of medical examiner because <laughs> I feel, in my amateur opinion, that a wolf attack and an axe murder will look fairly different
0: they don't look the same I would also like to point out that in this world uh, Spencer is the district attorney mm-hmm. that it was brought in for uh Mary Margaret's case back in season one yeah. um, so he doesn't even he doesn't even frame it well for someone who works with laws and crime no because like you said an axe and being mauled by a wolf not going to leave the same sort of wounds.
1: It's, it's a really stupid choice. Like straight up. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's, he's, it's bad. It's, it's lazy. And it, it's, it's, it's very tr- He's
0: He's just trusting people to jump to conclusions. Cause he set the, he set the bait there. He already put it in people's heads uh, and he's not doing it for Ruby. He's doing it to, to get at David.
1: And this is our; these are our big guys. This is Edward Kitsis, Adam Horowitz, and uh, Ian Goldberg, who who's written a lot on here. Um, Goldberg has written for *Fear the Walking Dead*. He's written for a lot of TV shows, and he's written for. Uh, I believe he's written for serialized dramas, um, serialized crime dramas before. Let me see. Edward Kitsis has definitely written for uh, serialized crime drama. Like, it's not like none of these people had their resources on hand to you know actually what they, write a tight mystery. But no, they always fail at it.
0: But but what they, they had was a limited amount of time to get the story across that they wanted to get across. So the murder itself... Uh, is inconsequential. I would like to say that this is, this is the episode that I used to refer to all the time when it was like, oh yeah, you know, whenever they, they highlight a character who's been around, but as a tertiary character, they suddenly highlight him, you know, he's going to die. RIP Gus Gus.
1: The second he comes on screen, it's like, oh man, you could have been wearing a red shirt. Couldn't you?
0: Oh, well the writing, his name tags in red.
1: Yeah. He's also, um, he is a, a named character and a person of color. So, so
0: obviously he's going to die or be framed go. for murder in this. Yeah. He's um, got it. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, And, um, uh, I, I found it really sweet that the mouse was flirting with the wolf.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, though I, I do, I do want to know exactly what they were smoking when they decided. And you know, Billy, you know, Billy, the tow truck kid. He's a mouse. Let's make him Gus Gus and then kill him.
1: It's it's that thing that I used to joke about when we first started watching this show, which is like, this isn't your dad's Disney. Like we do murder and death, but they don't. Uh, (laughs) Unless it's a Ruby episode. (laughs) then it's all the blood all the time we don't kill people on this show with violence we kill them with magic and curses and things like that and swords but don't forget
0: swords Swords. and arrows and knives
1: but it's so rare that we have like in the present world we have like violent deaths yeah yeah yeah, Except when Ruby's involved. This one. Because <laughs> <laughs> whenever we have them, it's like, oh, well, it actually didn't happen. Oh, you know, David's wife is missing. Like, mm-hmm. that wasn't really her heart that was cut out. It, it's <laughs> always something like that. Nope, not here. Gus was really straight up murked.
0: <laughs> R.I.P. Gus Gus. No. Rest in
1: peace, Gus Gus.
0: Sweet Gus Gus. He, I even wrote in my notes how sweet he was. Like, hey like, billy was a mouse named gus billy is a very sweet dude also that's mead not ale <gasps> or that's not mead that's ale uh that's mm-hmm. completely ugh, I, as a Rennie, i took offense when they were like hey it's two for one two for one meads down at granny's and then they go to toast finding things and they've all got ales so i yeah, guess they like, changed they changed their drink order for a larger crew
1: yeah which,
0: it wasn't two for one i mean i'm I, I just saying if you got two for one mead you take two for one mead
1: I'm, I'm going to go for an ale over a mead any day of the week because I can't do sweet.
0: Just get it spiced with a little spice packet in it and mull it. Do the mold mead. Mm. You make it warm. It's all warm and toasty on the inside. Mead. I miss Rinfair. Mm.
1: Nope. No sweets. <laughs> no sweets.
0: So, um, um, so, we have a completely deranged murder to uh, not necessarily start from, but that sort of anchors the whole episode. Uh, and then we just forget him.
1: And I, I gotta say, his plot, his, his idea was to make it look like David was incompetent.
0: Yes. Which there's really, he... so
1: many ways he could have done that without an axe murder. That, <laughs> so many ways, yeah. said, that said, the sheriff confusing an axe murder for a wolf attack. <laughs> Does prove <laughs> <it>. <laughs> he didn't. But it this, does, does meet the requirement of proving he's incompetent because I, yes. How?
0: Well, I, I will say. I will also say the first thing David said was that Ruby didn't do this. So we just didn't give him time to investigate the body. Everyone else who was there jumped on. Well, Spencer ended up being there, right, and saying, "Look, look, look at this horrible mm-hmm. monster! She did this." Um, everyone else blamed Ruby before the coroner could come back and say, hey, it's an axe. This all happens in, like, one day.
1: Yeah, yeah. So,
0: there, everyone jumps... This is about the danger of jumping to conclusions. It's like... It's it's funny. It's it's like a, a riff off of a Crying Wolf, but a completely different uh, theme and lesson.
1: <laughs> Spencer and the wolf.
0: Spencer and the wolf. Oh, poor Peter. Mm. Uh...
1: Yeah oh, So
0: rip. the the murder absolutely didn't fit the accusation. Um,
1: no.
0: I don't know, maybe murder people people cleaner. Also, as you were saying, if he wanted to make David look incompetent, he just had to let David do for a little while.
1: Yeah, like, there's no urgency there.
0: Especially if you're going to continue insisting calling him David instead of charming or whatever. I know his real name was David in the Enchanted Forest, but if we're still calling him David Nolan, we have to expect him to act a little dumb.
1: Yeah, my, my thing is, like, okay, so not only blah, 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 his real goal wasn't just to make David look incompetent. His real goal... Was to get the hat, which he knew about somehow, and destroy it theatrically.
0: Oh, you know that he's the DA. He's probably paying people to spy on him to figure out where his weaknesses are. So he probably had someone watch him lock that hat up. I'm writing this for you. Congratulations. Because I was going to
1: say, there's no reason why he should know about this. It's true. I, I can't imagine that the hat that transports people between worlds is common knowledge. It's true. Because if it were, there'd be a whole lot of people trying to get back to the Enchanted Forest world.
0: And instead, they're just waiting for David to tell them how to do it. No one's trying to do the legwork themselves. They're just waiting on their prince charming to do it because their queen is gone. Yep. Their queen being Snow White. Yeah. Um, the actual leader. The actual leader of this town who is uh, MIA.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's
0: She's because- the brain. And she's got some bronze. And he's yeah. the, the brawn and the charisma.
1: He's the haircut. Like I said. He's, he's the haircut and the, the 11th hour motivational speech.
0: He's very good at it. Like I said, the charisma. He gives two very short motivational speeches in this. It's very good. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh,
1: However, despite yeah. the fact that we're talking a lot about David, this episode is ostensibly about Ruby. Both yes. both story arcs are ost- ostensibly about Ruby. Yes. However, she has no autonomy. She has no control over her plot. It's 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 really it bothers me a Not lot until the
0: the very very end of her Once Upon a Time story. She finally takes control of her own plot.
1: Like uh, the way this the episode is written, it's like they want us to consider Ruby the main character in both plots. However, in in the 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 present once in the present story, Brooke,
0: Oh yeah. She's way too helpless in the present.
1: She's just, she's, she's like an obstacle.
0: I will that argue. David has to overcome. I will argue in the past that the whole point of her storyline is that she doesn't trust herself and she doesn't, consider herself to be her own main character which Mm -hmm. is why these other people because she's been told that her wolf side is bad by her granny and now she meets her mother who she thought was dead and she's being told her human side is actually the bad side and they are forcing her to choose and so she's not in control either way and that part of the story is about her regaining control of her own story
1: and choosing to be both okay fair that said I don't think her mom needed to die for that to happen. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I don't think she had to accidentally kill impaled. her
0: mom. I know. And oh my God.
1: I think it would have been a stronger story and more clear that it was a choice she was making for herself had she voluntarily left the wolves. Ding, ding, ding. Instead of... She accidentally kills her mom. Another wolf person gets killed. And all the other ones just kind of vanish. And They don't suddenly hold a
0: grudge and try to kill them both?
1: Yeah, they're just gone. They just, they're just.
0: They don't try to defend their pack? Nope. Yeah. Poking holes in them.
1: Yep. I will say, I do think that the the decision to make the wolf pack cult, because it's a cult. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, it's straight up like cult. Go they go, they go from zero to cult real quick. Um, I do think the casting of Annabeth Gish was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in a lot of the Mike Flanagan stuff. She was in. Uh, God! I have to pull it up. She was in the Haunting of Hill House. She was Mrs. Dudley. Okay. She's the one of the caretakers.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, she was great in that. She's going to be in Fall of the House of Usher, which I'm really excited Ooh. about. And uh, she was in Midnight Mass, which I have not seen yet, but I plan to watch soon.
0: I I, I loved her. She was great. Uh, I thought it was very interesting, their choice of the den that they chose, which is a, a castle that like sunk underground. Luther said it was surprising. There was so much natural light for an underground den. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised to see us walk into this this underground den with columns and velvet and drapes and not see an orgy going on. (laughs)
1: yeah the vibe of that place was definitely like underground sex cult
0: every time we see some sort of underground den like this in other types of fantasy there is absolutely always like and these people are always like brainwashed having an orgy um, and there's always one person sitting in the back just taking it all in who's the overseer not participating just watching and eating grapes or something or slowly (laughs) drinking out of a chalice looking bored While an orgy goes on around. And that's what, as soon as they walked down into this, I was like looking around. I was like, someone's at least got to be making out in here. Right.
1: Yeah. That's like the HBO version of this show. And (laughs) Wolf Queen Lady has a conversation with Snow White where both of them look out onto the orgy. Um, (laughs) Oh, you mean red. I'm just kidding. Um, That would never happen on HBO show Two women.
0: (laughs) Talking. (laughs) Talking during an orgy with their tops on.
1: That would it would never happen
0: specifically with their tops on, because yeah, no. I, uh, every poor woman who acts in fantasy is like, oh hey, by the way, in your clause, in your your contract, there is a clause where you're gonna be topless at least three episodes. Oh yeah, at least three. Your butt though, don't worry, we'll get you a butt double.
1: Yeah, you get a butt double, but we gotta see them. But tits. the boobs,
0: those are yours, yeah, <sighs> gotta see them tits, <sighs> men, you good. Yeah. You don't even have to take your shirt off. Nah, we'll just v-neck it once. You're fine. No nipples for you, sir.
1: The only the only exception Sorry. being we did get to see Jon Snow's butt.
0: We did get to see was that his actual butt or was that a stunt butt? Oh no 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 Game of Thrones Game of Thrones showed actual peen, so twice. Yeah
1: yeah, but not not from anyone who you want to see it from.
0: The very first season they they showed um I'm not saying I wanted to see any peen on my screen. Theon um, Greyjoy. They show they showed Theon, which was obviously stunt dick, right? Oh God, I don't want to think that hard about Lily Allen's brother.
1: Alfie, um, is that your real dick?
0: I don't want to think that hard about Alfie's Alfie me. <laughs> Um And then they, of course, showed like an infected one several seasons later from the acting troupe, which was uh, a yeah. good way to open an episode.
1: Certainly no was. it was not
0: it was not a good way to open an episode and uh we were all offended Thanks. it was
1: mostly there for shock much like uh killing At ruby's everything. mom
0: yes yes oh. uh, it's just they didn't want to have to hire the actress again
1: that really felt like what it was mm-hmm. it, it felt like one they didn't want to <sighs> use this actress again and sin. two it was more to make snow okay with ruby leaving
0: Yeah, because Snow would absolutely do anything to be with her own mother, so she would feel bad if she made Ruby, if she felt like she made Ruby leave.
1: Yeah, which once again felt like plot decisions happened for Ruby that weren't really built around what that character needed, but were mm -hmm. built more around what other major characters needed. The good
0: news is... Ruby will not have any sort of PTSD whatsoever about killing her mother, unlike killing her boyfriend.
1: Yeah, she's, like, way more messed up about killing her boyfriend by accident. Well, I mean, she planned to marry that
0: dude, but...
1: Still, way more broken up about killing her boyfriend by accident than killing her mom by accident.
0: I guess he was completely innocent, and her mom was, like, trying to murder her chosen family. Still. But still, there should be an inkling of PTSD I mean, about based, that.
1: Based on the character, <laughs> yes. she would she would be bothered by that. Based she on how the even, character is, she would be really affected by that, and that isn't happening.
0: You'd think it would have shown up at least once in the present storyline.
1: Yeah. Now I, I don't want to like just crap on this episode because there were things you, I liked. Do you I think loved. she
0: told Granny that she met her mom?
1: You know, a better show would have addressed that. <laughs>
0: What was that thing you sent me? What was that thing you sent me in Twitter? It was, uh, if you know, if you don't like a show, you're allowed to stop watching it. <laughs> and you sent that to me and you sent it to uh, our our shared Twitter for Storybroken And I was like, but I like the show.
1: <laughs> I, I like, like the show too. too. <laughs> I do. I do like this show. If I didn't like this show, I wouldn't spend as much time as I do questioning decisions like this.
0: yes. It's it's like tearing apart your favorite movie or your favorite play.
1: Yeah. And like, oh god, this the, the costuming in this episode is great. Yeah. I I love I love the werewolves costuming because I just it just hit me what their whole aesthetic is. It's not werewolf aesthetics. They've straight up got vampire coven aesthetics.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: They're all dressed in finery. It's like everyone looks great. Everyone is super hot. Like other shows and other things, when you do your werewolf group, your werewolf pack, they're always kind of rough. And know, dirty. Uh, kind of dirty, kind of grungy. They wanted and these this- guys to
0: be cleaner than pirates.
1: Yes, and <laughs> they definitely were.
0: I love the use of cuddle puddles in this episode. Mm-hmm. I love the use of cuddle puddles. If I could have sleepovers with all my best friends and we just cuddle puddle, um, I would. It would be great. It's the best way to have a sleepover.
1: That's the plan after COVID, right?
0: Yes. Yes. We have to find someone with a nice big living room. We all bring all of our couch cushions and we just cuddle puddle.
1: So the central problem of this episode for Ruby is that she can't control her wolf form. And her whole life, she's not been able to control her wolf form. Yes. But luckily, one motivational speech and one night, she masters it perfectly.
0: Well, yeah, she's a prodigy. That's how that works.
1: I'm so bothered by that.
0: Oh God, no! I, I wasn't a I wasn't agreeing with them. I was agreeing I'm with you. S-
1: I'm so <laughs> bothered because so it's so much is made of how this was a struggle for her, mm-hmm. and then we see it happen, and it's literally exactly once one night. Which it's not even clear if it even happens over one night because while it's set in an evening, the scene when snow finds Ruby snow's like, Oh, when you didn't come home this morning. And I was like, she's been gone for like two days in the context of this episode.
0: when I didn't find you at the Creek today, I thought they'd killed you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I mean, I, not only can she control it at Wolf's time at nighttime, whenever she's, uh you know the moon forces her to change she is also able to change at will when her mother changes at will to kill snow
1: yeah she uh she levels up quick
0: yeah well you, it's, Sorry, it's that whole blanket. it's it's oh go ahead it's that whole thing it's it's what I used to do whenever teaching improv I was like yeah you think you know what you're doing but let me put you on stage in front of an audience and suddenly you'll level up and that's what happened they put stress on her and she leveled up
1: are you saying that Once Upon a Time is an anime? Uh, Ruby I, just surpassed her limits.
0: Uh, so she, over, she's over 9,000. Um,
1: she surpassed her limits and she leveled up under pressure. It's an anime. It's an isekai uh, anime. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Emma's I, the protagonist. Uh, she's even got her harem of boys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> i you
0: know what i can't argue with that
1: once upon a time is anime
0: i am not gonna argue with you here because i can't no that's valid that is completely solid i'm gonna be I, tweeting I this it. at the
1: anime sickos boys
0: you better if you I'm don't be
1: like notice me senpai once upon a time <laughs> is anime <laughs> uh. good times but yeah, I, I just felt like that was, it, it was such a quick turnaround and it just didn't feel earned. Mm-hmm. Um, we need more montage. I think, I think I want Ruby to be a major character. And this part of the season is trying to frame Ruby as a major character. But with stories like this, they're still treating her the way they treated her and wrote her in season one, where she's a side character and her motivations and, and, oh, broader arc isn't as important as Snow or Prince Charming's.
0: I want to touch on something that she says towards the end of mm-hmm. her, her wolf arc in which her mother tells her to kill Snow. And she screams, uh, she tells her mother, no, I'm not a murderer. Um, and I wrote, um, I, I had a call back to back when she used to scout and she was like, okay, it's all clear. We can go now. And, And Grumpy says to her, you've got someone on your chin. Yeah. She's absolutely murdered people in her wolf form on purpose. That's war. That's war. But I just want to point, it's once again, uh, we good heroes don't kill people except when they do.
1: And it's because the internal logic of the show, the internal morality of the show is that murder is okay in a war situation. And they're just killing mooks. They're just killing soldiers. That's fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I chose me. I'm not a killer, except for all those off screen deaths.
1: Except for all those times you kill dudes off screen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, and I'm, you know, I play DD. Mm-hmm. I understand that heroes with justified cause sometimes have to kill mooks, sometimes have yeah. to kill people for good. Um, and that's with playing, uh, well, I guess I never really follow alignment. I just, you know, I just go with what's good. Oh, I'm a bad Mm -hmm. player. Oh no. Uh, (laughs) but I feel like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it feels like they push this whole, oh, you can't kill if you're good. And then they do stuff like this.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I just like looked down at my notes and I saw kill her. Damn, that escalated quickly. And it really did. Mm-hmm. Like Ruby went from "Hi, I'm just meeting you" to "You're a wolf now, killer." You're a wolf. You have to obey me. Kill this person to protect our secret. She's
0: a cult so, leader. She's not used to people saying no.
1: Yeah, like you need to, mm, that needed to be built up. It but it jumped real we wanted quick. To spend more time with Spencer riling people up to do a lynching.
0: Look, they pay for that actor. They're giving him the screen time.
1: Do they pay him? I think he's just an angry old man who lives on an ABC set. <laughs> and they just trot him out whenever <laughs> they need someone to be a curmud- curmudgeon.
0: It's in it's in his ABC contract.
1: Because <laughs> like I said, this man has played the same character on three different shows.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> he's so deranged. Oh my God, I can't get past <laughs> that. Okay. I'm sorry.
1: I can't even Uh, remember the poor man's name. Uh, Gosh, what is it?
0: I don't know. I will say Alan Dale. Alan Dale. Probably the dumbest thing that David Nolan did, actively did uh, in this was, let me see. He, uh, hold on, I got to find it in my notes. Give me a second. My bad. I hate taking notes on my phone. Charming should maybe not be such a jerk to someone who lost his whole family and who also likes
1: vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the, I think we've talked out the, um, past flashback portion. I, I will say, I
0: will also say, uh, bad form snow white for not covering your own tracks while you're tracking someone and letting them track you while you're tracking someone.
1: Seriously, what is this, for an amateur hour?
0: I know, right? I guess she was <laughs> so worried. She was so worried. She suddenly threw all of her stealthiness. She rolled a one. Um, yeah,
1: because she's been, it's like her whole thing is she's been in hiding. She's been stealthing. She's been uh, surviving.
0: When she's worried about herself, she's very good. When she's worried about someone else, she's David Nolan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So eh. I, I found that not credible as well, considering the character they have written her to be.
1: Nope.
0: Um, It was just a convenient way to get rid of the mom that they had already said was dead and they needed her dead again.
1: Yeah. It's just like. that upset me? Spencer being evil for the sake of evil so much in the the present world in Storybrooke. Storybrooke. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's very Zelina behavior.
0: Oh, let's stop trying to make Zelina happen. (laughs) We're not to her yet. Let's leave her. Let's leave her out of this.
1: But it really, it's just, it's just, he has this whole speech between he and David, where David's like, good is winning. And it's like, Ugh. How do we feel
0: about David Nolan specifically supporting Ruby, not just because he trusts Ruby and likes Ruby and considers Ruby a friend, but also to make up for not believing Mary Margaret when she said she was innocent?
1: I think that's a good observation. I don't think it, that it is. Well, uh, he said intentionally. It. There,
0: he said it. Oh, it is. I, yes, I, I
1: freaking he said that over in it. this episode. Oh my he, gosh! Well, forget he, I said that. I'm. <laughs> I'm just being mean to the, to our poor writers this the, week. No, they
0: they got that one, and I think it's it's good of him to self reflect. I think that's a little bit of the charming um, influence. Uh. Because all of them are now these dual personalities and they're having to mesh them together. So I think it's good that he held on to that lesson.
1: Look at you, David, growing a personality when no one was watching.
0: Because <laughs> no one was watching, David. Are you wearing leather? No one was watching.
1: No one was watching. Oh, you I was, I'm watching anytime he's in a tank top. <laughs> we had him doing some mining last week and I was like.
0: No tight pants. You, know, you put him back in tight pants.
1: Yeah, that's uh, what he's here for. Uh,
0: let's talk about um, the the large uh, the character that is the townspeople.
1: The most credulous people on the planet. Oof. I mean, the they, townspeople of Storybrooke get wound up to do a lynching. They exist so often.
0: They exist to be riled up to murder
1: people. <laughs> Like the reason I'm saying a lynching is because it's always specifically the closest this show gets to someone uh, being coded as a minority. Cause we don't have actual black people, so we're <laughs> gonna do the JK Rowling thing and say, Oh, well, we have to do this to um werewolves.
0: Well, I, and they did it to the Queen too.
1: Whenever they did it to the queen. whenever
0: the curse broke, they all angry mobbed over. And we did see a few minorities in the extras.
1: Yep. And anyone who is othered in Storybrooke yes is at risk yikes which is wild given that you know it's a town full of people who are basically magical creatures who used to be mice why <laughs> the only is, thing i can it, think of they, is they needed to kill someone off they wanted to make sure he was an actual storybook they person
0: were, is it because they were sapient mice
1: I think it's I I think it's because they needed to kill someone off for their own reasons. They decide they needed to kill someone, but they didn't want to kill someone that they would need later. And no one's going to need Gus the mouse from Cinderella.
0: Ashley might.
1: Ashley, who the hell is that? Cinderella,
0: (laughs) the pregnant. No,
1: no. (laughs) She stopped existing after season one. I, she uh, did. She just stopped existing after season one. So uh, <laughs> we don't need her anymore. Didn't,
0: she, he didn't go back and find his friend. <laughs> She's just. Hey, remember that time I made you a dress. <laughs> I was a mouse. Hi, you need your car towed?
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause if he were going to be a major character, he would have been a tailor.
0: Let's talk about how granny's terrifying.
1: I love that shot she took. Good on her.
0: Whenever she she shot an arrow and hit just his gun, it just reaffirmed. And then she was like, "The next one goes between your eyes." It just reaffirmed to me how scary Granny is.
1: Oh, she's not messing around. She's scary. I, I would love, love it. a flashback of of her. Like, I want to see what Granny was like when she was young.
0: Yeah. I agree. I want that too. She
1: she seems like she was a badass. I
0: want to see her getting bitten by the werewolf.
1: I want to know how she went from being badass hunter werewolf lady to granny. I have to protect you granddaughter. How did she go from? She
0: may have had a bad experience with her daughter. daughter Wouldn't it be nice
1: if that were addressed in the story?
0: It would, sure would be nice if all these fun backstories that no one lets us see would be seen
1: because it's it's sorry it's just a matter of this show it's so there's so much of the show that revolves around giving backstory to these characters and so when they don't <laughs> it's weird
0: uh, it it reminds me of improv long form mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in which some really cool story is mentioned and instead of seeing that story or that story ever ever being pertinent to the actual show happens instead we completely gloss over it forget it happened and do something less interesting that's this show
1: i did enjoy um sorry my brain just shut off never mind i didn't enjoy anything (laughs) i hate everything uh Sorry, I, I I think I like looked down and then I saw my notes and I got distracted by why did I write De Beers dislike to that in brackets?
0: Is it jewelry related? Oh, it's the diamonds. Oh, the
1: diamonds. The diamonds spontaneously appear in the mine.
0: The diamonds appear and they're so excited so they can grind them up and turn them into not diamonds. Yes. Yes, because that's how fairy dust works and that makes sense.
1: But um, it's made of special diamonds.
0: May Magic I give, diamonds. May I give an... A dishonorable mention to my favorite Bell quote. Sure. So Bell is trying to (laughs) pep talk Ruby. I
1: know the quote.
0: (laughs) She's trying to pep talk Ruby to convince her that she's not a bad person that she should trust herself, and she says, "If David sees the good in you, why can't you see it?" And she's like, "Oh, wow, well, that's good." She's like, "Trust me, I'm sort of an expert when it comes to rehabilitation." And are I'm, you though? <laughs> I wrote, L O L O L O L Bell, you delusional baby." No offense to babies intended.
1: I I stopped at that line. I was like, <laughs> "We did." <laughs> are you? Are you? Are, are you?
0: Because you? you're not. It's not great. It's not was, great. I've seen that your future. Line,
1: was that line written for? Uh, a later part of the season that never happened because, man, that does not apply.
0: It's like they they had all these intentions for Bill to actually be successful, but then they kept getting renewed.
1: Yes. They kept getting renewed and they needed a bad guy in Rumpelstiltskin. That guy is so good at playing a villain.
0: He's so good at it. Why waste this actor? Uh, maybe change the storyline then. I don't know. Ah, So... That's that was like Luther and I both stopped and cackled at that line, uh, cause it mm, it was good, it was good.
1: Yeah. Uh, I
0: was just
1: like, yeah, no. The second you said I had a dishonorable mention line, and you said yeah. Bell, I was like, oh, I know which one you're talking about. I
0: was uncomfortable with Ruby's uh, choice to be possibly suicidal by lynch mob.
1: Yes. Extremely uncomfortable.
0: Just don't I deserve it? Isn't that what I deserve? And I get it. She killed the love of her life. Without meaning to. 30 years ago. I get it. That sort of thing. I've never done it myself, but I assume that it weighs heavy on your brain and your heart. And it's not something you can forgive yourself for. But. But. What? <laughs> Doesn't make sense for the best dressed character in this show <laughs> to you know, to instead of keep hiding like you wanted to do. Let me just let them kill me. It's let me lock Bell in this library because she's a dumb dumb baby, um, and go run off and get killed. Real oh, quick.
1: I, I do want to say I, I do um, on a side note. You said best dressed character on the show. I deeply enjoyed Regina this episode. Trying to care for her son.
0: Yes, trying being to care allowed for to.
1: Being allowed to, and I, that made me happy.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a good little interchange between her and Gold that made me chuckle. It was um, you're making house calls now? How much? How much is this going to cost us? And he's like, "Oh, you couldn't afford it, but this isn't for you." Yep. <sighs> nice of him to give give a necklace to this kid.
1: Yeah. I'm uh, sure that it's not in any way self-motivated and uh his intentions are pure and good. Certainly. Right? Well, right. for right
0: at least right now that's what it looks like, and it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fine. Uh um, so I want to
1: say next week is the end of this story arc, right? Or do we have, I have more
0: no idea. <laughs>
1: I haven't um, watched God. I mean
0: here's the thing. We binge watched this episode or this season um right after I gave birth. Um So it's all a big old blur. I don't know what comes next. It wasn't until I looked at the title of this one and was like, oh, it's the werewolf episode. And Luther thought I was talking about the other werewolf episode from the first season. I was like, no, 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 we did that already. We're doing the other werewolf episode where someone else innocent dies.
1: Uh, The next two episodes are the end of this current story arc.
0: Um, I'm sure there there are some points that we have missed. Uh, Oh, I, I had a fun little tidbit. Uh, mm. Remember that time I looked up where this little town was in Canada?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: there is a cannery in this town. That's where the the truck was illegally parked. So they went to yes. the cannery. That's the name of Granny's Diner is the cannery. Huh. I thought that was cute because that's probably what the town's known for. It's like they're the canning town in that area.
1: You know what I thought was cute? <laughs> uh Everyone's wig except for the Wolf Queen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, the, the mob scene is randomly raining in, like, two shots, and <laughs> it's not in the rest, and I, I cackled. Oh,
0: so so Quinn was the name of the werewolf that uh, found Ruby and stole her cloak. Also, people keep stealing Ruby's belongings, and that's really rude. Um,
1: she and- needs to, like, I don't know, sew that on like just sew that onto her dress or something. Like get some snaps, something I, so it just can't be snatched so easily.
0: So when we we just see this guy lurking and being creepy, but then we see his eyes flash gold, and my brain is so stupid. Um, my brain sang to me, "He's got golden witcher eyes."
1: <laughs> I was just like, "Oh no, he's a Edward." <laughs>
0: I guess you see i would have made the twilight reference first but my brain is all witcher now because we just finished watching all of that in like a week so my
1: brain went straight to um uh my notes say uh non-equity rob's non-equity rob stark's eyes glow is he a vampire
0: <laughs> lol because he's dressed like a vampire
1: they they do they have vampire aesthetics it's weird It's not bad. It's just unusual for werewolves. (laughs)
0: Uh, Okay. What did we like about this episode?
1: What did we like? The costuming?
0: Costuming was great.
1: I love the underground set.
0: I love the, I love that Ruby actually, Ruby and Red actually have solid friendships with the main characters.
1: I love the progression of the overarching plot. Us getting some un- some some explanation as to why uh, Henry and Aurora are having these dreams.
0: Yeah, that's real cool. I I enjoyed that uh, Henry was able to make contact with Aurora uh, so
1: quickly. Also, with the exception of changing back into a human from a wolf, which was a little, I felt like the CG werewolves, the CG wolves looked good.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, the CG Wolf looked great. I the really CG Wolf it.
1: looked great, especially like for you know like 2012 ABC. Mm-hmm. Um held it holds up really well. Uh I felt the same way about the fiery room. It
0: looks pretty good. I have a for- fiery fiery room thematic note. I don't know if it was intentional, but Ruby is supposed to learn to control her wolfishness by accepting it and not being afraid of it anymore. And that's exactly what Henry does with the amulet when he falls asleep and finds himself in the fiery room. Hmm. He he accepts that he's in the fiery room, and that helps tamp down his fear, and he's able to then put out some of the fire and make contact with the other person in the room with him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i know um so let's oh, my say, baby's crying
0: in the other room and just like,
1: uh best dressed is ruby
0: best dressed is ruby that necklace oh my god i want that necklace on me i just kept staring at her necklace the whole time
1: um best dressed ruby present day right mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. yeah that's what i thought present I, day I, ruby um, best dressed present day ruby fantastic outfit um great hair god i want her hair me too her hair is what I'm I, I want my on hair it. to be <laughs> like i want that hair just to, time to get some extensions.
0: Yeah. Oh, the good news is we found out that uh, Ruby's cloak still works.
1: Yes, Ruby's cloak <laughs> still works.
0: Good to, works. Know. Good to um, know. And, uh, the the Spencer is considering that Ruby has been looking for that cloak since the curse lifted. Spencer's been planning this since the curse lifted.
1: Yeah, he got a hold of that quick. Yeah. How did he get a hold of that? Don't worry about it. Where was it? Eh, don't worry how about it. How did he
0: get the hat? Same way.
1: Yeah, he Same just Same plot got convenience. It. Yeah, David, go put this somewhere safe. Okay.
0: I, I'm having a hard time figuring out how to rate this one. I'm not saying we're jumping to rating right now, because that's end of show stuff. But um, I'm having a hard time figuring out how I feel about this episode. I, I found... I enjoyed I was, it.
1: I was very entertained by the episode. I enjoyed watching the episode, even though... The plot is a is a is a mess.
0: I missed Snow White.
1: I missed Snow White, and I missed Regina.
0: I missed Regina, even though we got to see both of them, and I've kept finding myself waiting for Emma to come on screen. Yeah, I I, I missed the main characters, and I'm I I appreciate that we got some side character main plot. I appreciate that. I love seeing I love seeing our our supporting cast get main plot, but.
1: I'm sorry. You straight up referred to David as a side character, which while true, damn.
0: Well, he wasn't even, he he like, yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to try to butt that. No. Um, I prefer Prince Charming. Thank you. Uh, David Nolan. eh. Yeah. I like him in the past. He's my main character in the past. Yeah. Uh, And later, whenever, Mm -hmm. you know, he gets to actually be himself, which is when Snow's there. When Snow's not there, he's just like, grasping so yeah because they are a unit uh well so yeah.
1: i know you don't want to jump straight to rating but, but i can tell that the amount of voice i have with this cold <laughs> is running out so
0: that's okay we've been talking for almost an hour
1: uh how many um
0: inconveniently placed pointy things
1: dude so many this episode mm-hmm Oh, wait, before we go on, I did want to talk about Spencer with the hat reveal. It's so obvious that he's got the hat.
0: It's so obvious that he's got that something.
1: He should just have it out in the out and visible from the beginning of the scene and just change the dialogue. It's yeah. So it looks so bad. It looks so goofy. It's, it looks so
0: ugh. goofy. Ugh. Uh, I
1: also the editing of that punch is very awkward.
0: You killed an innocent man. He was a mouse. He was better than you'll ever be. Like that man is deranged. I just can't get past (laughs) most deranged character. He's more evil than every other supposedly evil character we're supposed to have in this show. Every time they try to make like. If they want it, I'm um, spoilers for a few seasons from now. He's more evil than Emma ever was as as um as the dark one. Yeah. Also, just just spoilers for cuz it's going to be a couple of years before we get there. I do not like how they wrote Emma as a dark one cuz it's so lame. There, I said it. Um
1: We're getting there. We're getting there. It's
0: lame. It's so <laughs> lame. It's not interesting. It's lame. It's boring. Uh
1: it's, so the worst hair of the, it's the worst hair of the show.
0: I don't even care about her hair because she's boring. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: basic. I care about her outfit. I can't wait till we get there because I want the outfit.
0: Oh, her outfit's great.
1: But yeah. Any Hazel. It was a
0: bad idea. Bad idea. And they spent most of a season on it. And it makes me mad. Um, I,
1: I, as much as I ranted about it, I think that this episode was ultimately entertaining. Had a lot of okay. saving graces. Cool. Yeah. And I want to give it three out of five um <sighs> precariously pointy objects precariously yeah. placed pointy objects
0: yes i yeah i was hovering i'm hovering like i'm trying to figure out two or three is where i am i'm trying to figure out two or three because it's not the worst to watch it's just got a lot of story things that make me upset so <sighs>
1: It's a filler episode.
0: I'm gonna give it. A th- I'm gonna agree with you on the three because it was entertaining, and it also gave me plenty of stuff to rant about, which is exactly what we need to run the podcast.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, exactly that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. All
0: right. Well, just I just wanted to tell you, uh, mm-hmm. may you always run free beneath the moon's pale light.
1: I did like that line,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and also with you. I'm in. Oh, sorry. And with your... Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm spirit. a
0: and You said it right. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I guess that's it for this week. So this has been Storybroke.
1: Miserably ever after. This has been Storybroke. Miserably ever after. A Your Pretty Friend production.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review us almost anywhere fine podcasts are downloaded.
1: You can also follow us on Twitter at StoryBrokePod.
0: This episode has been made possible thanks to the love and support of our spouses and listeners like you.
1: Thank you.